Riders Meeting is brought to you by Yamaha. Rev your heart and join the blue crew today. By Method Race Wheels, bringing you the strongest, fastest, lightest wheels in off-road racing. By Troy Lee Designs, where style and safety meet. Also presented by SKDA. Dunlop. Pro Circuit. Seat Concepts. Specialized Bicycles. Nihilo Concepts. Pro-X Racing Parts. Motul Oil. Stasic Stability Cycles. And FlowVision Goggles. Hey folks, welcome to Riders Meeting, the very first edition of 2023. I'm your host, David Pingree. And if you're new to this show, I want to just kind of break it down what differentiates us. And that's that we put people on the panel here who've been there and done that, who've actually raced and won professionally at the highest level. This was David Bailey's idea a couple years ago. And we're just putting it into action. And we hope to get the bandit in here once his shoulders healed up as well. But today we've got another legend, uh, Mr. Rick Johnson. RJ, thanks for jumping in. My pleasure, man. And last night we have so much to talk about because the racing was unbelievable. And I think it was because it was a little sketchy with the dirt and the mud and all the different things. So I don't want to jump too far ahead, but thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Well, I love having you on. You've always got good ideas and you're not afraid to share them. And that's <laughs> something we really value here. Um, before we get into the results, let's talk a little bit about the, the event and the track because with the rain all week, I thought, man, I hate mud races and Supercross. It's I love them. You do? I uh, I just like to see good racing. And I feel like a lot of times in the mud, it's slow and everybody's not jumping everything. But Man, this actually worked out to our advantage as fans because it got technical and rutted and tough, and we saw some big crashes. Fortunately, most of those weren't uh, didn't end in injury. A couple did, yeah. and we'll talk about that, uh, unfortunately. But um, great track. What did you think of overall the course and the, and the event at round one? For one, I did a track review with the with Weege's guys from, from Racer X, and, and I love that split start because it gives the guys a little bit of a place to go after they, after they clear the whoops as the, the guy in the front. He's moving in on the inside, but it gives him a chance to move over if he wants. And it also gives that guy on the outside a chance to come in. But I've been arguing this point for a long time. I'd love to get rid of whole shot devices to slow the guys down. We saw Shane McElrath go down really hard, sit in the front, wait, you know, going into that first turn on the front brake, and then end up doing a front flip. Um, I would like to see it slowed down a little bit because we have fuel injection. We have uh, the greats that are all consistent. Now it's just about reaction time. So the guys are wide open. They drop the clutch, and when they when they go, they're going so so fast. So I would like to I'd like to see something to slow that down a little bit. And you you and I have talked about this before. That dirt's so tacky that it is a it is very technically difficult to feed the clutch out and do a start without a start device. Exactly. Especially with the horsepower they have now. So that would separate the field quite a bit, which would in turn turn into a safer first corner. I, I would like to see a little separation. Because like now you watch them take off and they all whoop like that. But whoever has the reaction time that's that much, a millisecond yeah. quicker is going to be the one that gets the gets the, gets the whole shot. But the course itself, I think the rain and the, the for one, they did a phenomenal job. It was a lot of work. It, well, man, having that track built and then covered and, and all different stuff, it was a little bit sloppy and the water was coming up. But the, the what Durworks did in between the motos and it was, I think, a phenomenal race course. Um, but I think that they groomed it enough to where it was good, but then once it got, once it started to season up, then you started seeing guys making new passes, new lines. Yeah, as things started to deteriorate, they were blitzing the whoops and they were jumping, wheel tapping. It, it started changing quite a bit. Okay. And for the for the spectator like myself, I loved it. Yeah, I think if we'd have had a dry, you know, regular track, we wouldn't have seen nearly as good a racing. Well, and I think, and I just think it's a, was, was going to be a little too busy. There's that one section where they're going down the straightaway, kind of landing on top of the jump and stuff like that. That's where a lot of time was made lost because if you hit it just short, 
you slow down. Yeah. If you hit adjust on top, you did, but there was, it wasn't a big timing, 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 timing. Yeah. Um, I felt it had a little too many obstacles, but in the long run, I, I couldn't have asked for better racing. It was great racing. Let's let's jump right into the 250 class. I think if you didn't put your money on Jet Lawrence coming into this round, you probably had a concussion. Uh, he was easily the favorite, and he showed why. Uh, flawless all night. One mistake in that triple-triple lane. He did catch a tough block and had to roll back in, but, man, an otherwise perfect night for him. Well, what I was really impressed, and, and we're going to talk about him next, is RJ Hampshire. When Hampshire was out in the front, when they just started catching him, but then realized, okay, just just relax, and the patience that we're seeing out of this young man yeah. is unbelievably dangerous for the competition. Because before, it was like, you know, he said, oh, I don't care, I'm a young kid, I want to win all the time. And so I'm going to call that the James Stewart or kind of my style. It's just you, you pin it to win it, and sometimes it's checkers or wreckers. And we're not seeing that. We're seeing him very patient, very uh, uh, meticulous about his choices, realizing how much time he has, and he makes up, Half a second, half a second, half a second. Not trying to make a second a lap and taking chances. And that's that's going to be really hard to beat. Yeah, I go back to mistakes he's made, right? He had that big crash at Anaheim where he did exactly what you're talking about. Just was not going to let the wind go to Ferrandis. Went over the bars, broke his collarbone. Yep. Um, I saw last year he got a little impatient coming around, uh, trying to make up time and, and took Austin Forkner out when he tough clipped a tough luck. Outside of those two mistakes... And like I said, he keeps maturing and growing, and it's like this time, nothing. There wasn't a flaw, and and he was patient. He's okay taking a second in the heat. Right. He could have freaked out and said, "I got to win. It's the first heat." You're right. His patience is going to be a huge asset to him uh, for his longevity in this career. So the other riders have to figure a way to get at him. Is it pissing him off in practice? Is it running over his feet? Is it bumping him up a little bit? Is it doing something to mess with his head mentally? Because when you get a guy that strong, that fit on on that bike, it's almost untouchable. So you have to go outside the realm of just being faster than them. You got to do something, yeah. and, and that's that's what they got to do instead got of just it. being Brodell. Hampshire needs to start a Danish company. <laughs> Hampshire's Danishes. Oh man, RJ, get at me. We got a business proposition for you. Or Hampshire sausage McMuffins <laughs> or something. Who knows? All right. Speaking of RJ, yeah. what a great night for him. Uh, Beat straight up, beat Jet in the heat, and came out in the main and worked his way into a solid second. And, and my biggest thing, like you said, he's always had the speed. Mm-hmm. It's get cleaning up those little mistakes, and he did it. Well, when and when I've watched him in the past, he sort of rides old school, hangs off the back, feet hanging off the back, a little bit of Jason Anderson-ish, you know. Um, last night, very forward, very meticulous. Um, and I think it was a big step for him because – I knew when I was racing, I was kind of the, the wild child and crashing a lot. And I and I had, to, I had to step back and go, finish a race. Mm-hmm. Now, once I finish a race, okay, now I can do it without crashing because you just, you, you, yeah. it becomes expected of you. Last night, he was there. He was close. Now he has to, now each week, start taking a tenth of a second off of his lap times and he'll be right there. And if he gets a good start and jets back, he can beat him. Yeah. Cameron McAdoo finished third. I thought he was he looked great last night. He hung on to Jed as long as he could. Uh, but it's just these little spots where Jed is so clean in the whoops. You saw him wheel tapping three, four. Yeah. And he never missed it. It was like perfect lap after lap. And these other guys were doing it, but they'd case the fourth one or they'd get a little squirrely. And it's like those little tenths of a second. And that's where Jet's clean and he just keeps pulling away. And and that's where Jed works with his dad, 
who I guess is phenomenal. I, I haven't had a chance. Dazzy's to... a legend. He's the best. Yeah, his, dad, his dad really worked. But he also has Johnny and Laura, who was, I think, one of the most clean, the cleanest riders out there. Just everything was super smooth and all different stuff. And so I think his camp is really helping him. When it comes to the pro circuit camp, it, you know, we're going to talk about uh, Forbear in a little bit, but it's just a little bit, I think, old school, and it's not working for them. They're, they're just trying to brute speed, brute speed, brute speed. We have to step back into technique and to, to have the consistency. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. It's always better to be just be fast and be an animal. But now these tracks are so technical. You have to have multiple things in your arsenal instead of I'm just going to pin and have the fastest bike. You yeah, I'm going to be the most fit. I'm gonna, you can't bulldog your way through it when you have a guy like Jed who's perfect technically. He's, he's doing all of it. Yeah. You know, you look at him after the race, he's got a little tiny bit of sweat, <laughs> breathe it through his nose, he looks great. So when, when you see a McAdoo who... Who I, I have so much respect. That kid, is, what happened with Daytona and, and the times that he gets up and he keeps persevering, and it, it's hard. When you get the shit beat out of you the way he handles yeah. multiple times, you start to go, I don't really know if I want to keep doing this, and he is he is doing it. So I look at that as, as a very positive for him, and he has room to grow. I don't think we're seeing the best camera McAdoo yet. I think I think he's he's still back a little bit. And he's definitely got, got it under the hood to get a win this year, but if what we saw last night is the, the template, He's going to need some help from a Jet Lawrence mistake, crash, something like that. It's going to take the stars aligning a little bit. All it, all it takes is one one little mistake in a practice situation, yeah. and that could end your career. So you have to, and, but that's the thing. Back to the top, Lawrence is managing that. He's staying clean. He's not coming out from practice with you know a dirty jersey from Endway. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, going down to fourth place, this was a, a surprise for me. It shouldn't be. Mitchell Oldenburg has been around a long time. He's ridden for some fantastic teams. And had a lot of speed and a lot of results, but it's mired with injuries. Uh, he got a fourth last time. He looked great. I felt that he, uh, once again, kind of like we're talking about McAdoo, has to see the finish line cleanly with no mud on the jersey, no no big mistakes, no, oh, I almost ended my career type of thing. And then that's going to that's gonna give you a confidence in a different way. Yeah. Because once we, once we start talking about 450 class, we'll, we'll talk about confidence and, and seeing yourself as a winner. But I think with Oldenburg coming in fourth, being a top five guy in a field this stacked is going to do yeah. amazing yeah. things for him. And you watch. You're going to start seeing starts come out of him. You're going to start to see more finishes come out of him. And also, I'm going to see I expect to see him lead some races as well. Yeah, absolutely. He's If, it, if last night was any indication, keep an eye out for Mitchell Oldenburg. He's on one. Uh, Max Voland in fifth. Great ride for him. I, I think it's time, and, and not to put pressure on him, but it's like, okay, it's time to start seeing some podiums and some some finishes and some results. Uh, he did have some injuries early on, but he put together a, a great outdoor season last summer with some flashes of speed. But it's like, okay, it's time to take a step. He, and he was. He was off one beat. And, yeah. and if you walk into Anaheim 1, and that even, you know, I've said it, if you walk away from Anaheim with the top five, the championship is close. Because when you, when you line up on A1, everybody is leading the points championship. Yeah. Until now, yeah. now, now, Jet Lawrence is leading it. So, was he conservative? Was he overthinking it? The, the I mean, there was a lot of hype going on. Anaheim is huge. It was it was the race that I loved and hated the most because of it. Yeah. You know, there's so much there's so much anticipation. So, I I want to see Max step it up with intensity and kind of strength. But he's not a real big guy, so he's got to be careful on that. Yeah, I think he's still kind of filling out. Yes, he's so young and so. I, you know, like, I think what happened to Adam Cincerillo was he had these injuries while he was growing. 
and that has caused some issues for him physiologically, I think. Um, I don't want that to happen to Max, and I, I think he's maybe reached his height peak, I hope. I mean, the kid's almost six foot, but uh, he needs to fill out, and I think that will breed confidence and results will come following that. So and what we don't know, as we talk about all these guys, do I'm just going to say, for instance, was Max Volan feeling great at the end of the motor going, God, I held back too much. Was he sucking wind, yeah. you know, with, with four laps to go? We don't know that. Only these guys know how they felt and what, in my opinion, what they have to do to get better. Because there's too much of this. They try to make everything better all the time. Hmm. My philosophy was, even if I won, what was my weak point? Because you always have a strong point, your weak point. Was it starts? Was it corning? Was it whoops? Was it jumps? Was I missing my timing? Was I a little too passive? Was I a little too aggressive? What hmm. These certain things. So you, you fix that problem, and then you have another problem the following yeah. week and so on and so on. You look at your biggest weakness, and that's your focus the following week, yep. right? Make that better. Um, we we heard uh, in an interview we did with Dazzy Lawrence this past week, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. He said every weekend's a test, and then during the week you do your homework. Yep. Um, I, I thought it was phenomenal. Simple, but maybe it's overlooked loud. They're like, okay, I'm going to do 15s. I'm just going to do motos, motos. It's like, well, okay, but what about working on the things you need to work on? Right. Um Great advice from you. Uh, Enzo Lopes, really surprised out of him. He got a sixth overall in the night, but he was up there in the heat. He looked great. Uh, this kid has been making improvements, and it was good to see him uh, get a solid finish. Uh, as we get into these star guys, I think this was a little bit off for me. I, I wondered what happened to Levi Kitchen, who was seventh. Styles Robertson, who was ninth. I thought, man, I'm sure those guys expected a lot more out of themselves. The team probably did. Not sure what happened. I didn't see if Styles and Levi went down or just had an off night, but... Seven nine is not what Star was hoping for. Well, but that, and that's when, when when you watch, you know, we're we're on our peacock watching this and trying to see and trying to look through the crowd to see what's happening over there and this and that. I was really impressed with Levi Kitchen's technique. He's he's adopted the feet up style, mm -hmm. which I love that. Yeah. And I give all credit to to John and Eli Tomac, who who really have evolved that. And I talk to them. Um, this is amazing how much the guys will talk to you when you're when you're a broadcast guy, but then when you go back as not a broadcast guy, <laughs> you get nothing because <laughs> zero. But uh, on a serious note, I talked quite a bit with John because I knew him a long time. I coached Eli when he was a little kid on Suzuki's. Um, I said, the, this foot up thing, he says, well, it was just a drill we used to do, make, make Eli ride multiple laps, not putting his feet down. But me riding the adventure bike, like I, I thought it was kind of dorky standing up on the pegs and stuff like that, but the bikes are designed, when you put your weight on the pegs, it distributes the weight forward and back. And, and so back to the point is Levi Kitchens was – Spot on. Now, is he as good as Eli Tomac at that? No, I don't think anybody is. But he's working on the things. So, so I, I expect to see more out of him. Uh, who knows about, we'll talk about Oakland with the mud, this and that. But I expect to see him with some races this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Levi, that's what I'm saying. And Styles too, I think he's made these really big jumps over the years. And it's time for him to be up on the box and, and racing for wins. And, and this was just a, a, an unfortunate showing for him. Uh, Phil Nicoletti was eighth. Derek Kelly uh, rounding out the top 10. And then past that, uh, you know, a lot of guys, Derek Drake, uh, Cole Thompson, A-Rod. Um, I, I do want to give a quick shout-out to Hunter Cross, first ever Supercross. He put it in the main event. Uh, just a super cool kid. We did a feature with him over at Whiskey Throttle Media, if you guys haven't seen that. He, just a really neat kid, lots of energy, and and I was stoked to see him make it into the main. Got 19th, uh, definitely had some arm pump and some other, <laughs> you know, nerve issues going on, but it was stoked to, stoked to see him in there. And then I want to talk about Austin Forkner here as we close out the 250 class. Man, uh, my heart breaks for this kid. We did uh, hear his injuries. He's got a broken hand and likely some torn ligaments in his knee, in his left knee. 
and um, they did some x-rays. Obviously, the hand was obvious, and there's a bone fragment floating around at his knee, which is usually indicative that the ligament pulled it, it off. Pulled the off, yeah, pulled off. So not great news for him. This is a kid who's had blazing speed. He's been sort of the next big thing for a while. For a while, and it's like year after year, it's injury and injury. What What do you say to this kid? What do you get to the so? Let's go back to the RJ Hampshire, right? You know, if he comes back for Supercross, because that that those are two injuries, all right? So it's yeah. just, I'm not just like. Trust me, I know about hand injuries. Um, I know about knee injuries and stuff like that. Trying to do one or the other is one thing. So is he just basically going to wash this whole Supercross season and get ready for outdoors? Um, is he going to maybe jump to 450 and run some some outdoors, so, some Supercross? We don't, we don't know that. Supermoto cross now. Um, what is he going to do there? But I think he needs to be managed and he needs to say, I don't care where you finish. I really don't care where you finish. I just want you to get to the finish line with a clean jersey and, and your handlebars are bent. And then once once he realizes that he's not a snake bit, because a lot of times when you race and you crash a lot, you think, I deserve this. I deserve this. I, I'm I doing something wrong in my life. I am i didn't train right. I, I, you just, just the demons in your head go over and over and over again. And this kid has been hurt so many times and... But we saw it. We see it with Kevin McAdoo. You don't. That doesn't label you. You yeah. made some mistakes and move yeah. forward. Follow the follow the lead of Jet Lawrence and going. Okay, he made the same mistakes you're making. But what is he doing that you're you're not? Mm-hmm. Is is he spending more time coaching with Johnny O'Mara? Is he doing what is he doing so that when he gets to the race, he's relaxed? Yeah, he's ready to race. And I feel like Austin Faulkner has been on the bubble and just like. Just ready to explode. He he definitely has a lot of intensity and almost to a fault, maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's if that's the case. Regardless, it's like I'm just kind of gutted for the kid because he I know he wants it. I know he works hard. He's so fast, and he just can't seem to stay healthy for it. I wish the best to Austin. Heal up, man. Um, hate seeing it. That crash was dirty. Um, I I watched the replay of it a couple times. Went, okay, that's enough. I didn't want to see that. So. Anyway, heal up quickly, buddy. We're thinking of you. Yeah. Um, let's move over to the 450 class. Uh, you know, there was some chatter that this new Yamaha 450 was nervous. Did not look nervous to me last night. Um, I'll just say that. It's kind of like a little personal. Well, no, no, it's nothing personal, but I, I kind of, when I hear that, I go, well, you're either not setting this thing upright or you're, or you're not riding it correctly because this new Yamaha 450 is a weapon. And if you didn't catch a glimpse of that last night, Eli Tomac never hits a setup at the opening round. These other guys should be terrified because he came out, won his heat, and what he did in the main event was impressive. I don't know. He said he got off the back of his seat in the main when he when he crashed there, but he was up pointing at some ruts. I saw a video that actually Davey Coombs shot uh, of him walking up that tabletop, kind of pointing at a rut. Maybe it was down to the plywood, and it and it slid. I don't know what happened, but uh, when he went down, I thought, ah, well, that's it. If he can get back to the podium, that'll be good. And, man, he was just a beast. And... Uh, and that was an impressive ride. And for him to come out and win the opener, something he's never done, right. yikes. That's bad news for everybody else. So multiple things. One, a confident Eli Tomac is a very dangerous Eli Tomac. And I think he's in a very great place. I've always said he's got the best team behind him. He's got a mother and father. He's got a he's got a father that's an Olympic and mountain bike champion that still to this day tries to go whip his ass yeah. on a mountain bike. So you have that father figure that just has dedicated to, to helping you be better. A mom that is there every step of the way. She's an athlete too. Oh no, yeah. absolutely. But Cassie's I'm saying it. But but they but they play the roles of who you know. I can't imagine that at some point 
one's playing good cop, one's playing bad yeah. cop. But Eli is just right now, he doesn't have to do it. He's, he's made enough money. He's still young. He's still healthy. He's still, you know, everyone's always at the end of his career. He still can go a long ways if he wants to. You know, if he just decides to, I think you should talk to Ryan Dudgey and find out how lonely Dudgey was when he quit <laughs> yeah. at a young age. You think, well, I don't need to do this anymore. Well, yes, you do, because that's what you do. So anyways, I'm, I'm straying from the Eli Tomac thing. But him getting a whole shot in the heat race, that was the part that really impressed me. Mm. Because he he's not known to be a great starter, got the whole shot, and just ch- ch- checked out. Yeah. Five seconds gone. And I thought, everybody's in trouble. Because you, and then I watched him after the race. I paid close attention to how they're breathing, how much they're sweating, Body language. what they're doing. And he's just like, pretty good, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, he's sipping on his water and doing his thing. And, and so... They're, they better hope something happens yeah. because he is, he's he's got the ball rolling. I look for this little thing he does where he gets real happy. He does this, he does like a little head bob. And I go, uh-oh, Eli's having fun. <laughs> like, they're in trouble. Um, amazing ride from him all night. Just super, super impressive. So so f- to finish on that, David Bailey and I were going back and forth. Yeah. So so Bailey, we miss you. This is your show, so get your ass over here. But we were talking, so I texted before the race because, you know, obviously David and I had an epic battle, and he beat me. It was fair and square, whipped my ass. And so, but when Anaheim comes, they reference the 86. And so I say, hey, Bailey, how you doing? Because I know he's been sick and on his on his back and stuff. So we started talking about this, and now we're talking about the 23. And I'm like, he looks just like you. I mean, he, oh, 20, style. the 23 of the body shape and the big legs and the skinny upper body. And I mean, section looks just like David on the bike. And so we started going back and forth about about him. We're not to get too far ahead of him, but he, David kind of put Eli as me, in, which I was complimented. And is Sexton a young David Bailey? And and I just felt, which we'll talk about Chase here in a little bit, but Eli was just just fed off everything right. Mm. When when he went down, he got up. He just was just going, just going, 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 going. And he fed off the, the crowd and just he played everything to his van to his advantage and well done and well deserved. There was no fluke about it. But and how hard is it, man? I I know when I fall, my heart rate goes to about three hundred and eighty. And you're picking up your bike and you're, you know, everything spikes. And it's really tough to gather yourself up and then look ahead and focus and, and go back to the front like he did. That is so hard. Well, for one, the way he trains and the strength and his, and his body mass, I, th- I think I think he's the perfect size. He's not the little tiny guy and he's not the super big guy. Um, that's one. But what I was what I was grateful to hear him say was, man, I'm blessed that no one landed on me and nobody hit me when I was on the ground. You know, instead of, well, yeah, I fell down. I got, no, man, because you saw him. He, like, he, like, some bike. He was in a blind spot, yeah. yeah. It, it could have very easily landed right on top of him. It, it could have been terrible. But then he, once he got going, he just, like, to me, is that he was just worried about the next corner, the next corner, the next corner, just going as fast as he could on every little thing. And when David Bailey and I talked about that t- today, he was saying about it, Gary would tell him, don't think about the finish. Think about one more lap, one more lap, one more lap to get Rick to, to give up, meaning me. You know, mm. if you start thinking, well, I got five laps to go, it's too much to comprehend. And I was telling you this in the Bot 1000, I'm racing, I still have 200 miles to go. I'm starting to think about when I'm going to get out of the truck, what I'm going to say to the crew. I'm like, jackass. Think about that rock. Think about this turn. Think about just stay back in the game. When you do that, the checker flag falls. You're like, wow, you're in the zone. Yeah. But I think staying in the moment, and, right? And Eli did that perfect. And you think maybe Chase, that could have been what happened to him as he got a little ahead of himself? Yeah. Well, no. So let, let, let's 
let's not okay. let's, let's not get away from Cooper. That's, that's true. Now, this is your show. You're right. No, I got it. No, I'm going you. Okay, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Play my role, Eli. Amazing ride. Uh, I'm scared for the rest of the competitors this year if that's how we're, what we're going to see. Biggest surprise of the night for me, hands down, was Cooper Webb. I can't agree. I can't agree with you more. I, I just didn't know what to expect. He was so off last year, and I know they've had issues with that that frame, getting it to handle, particularly in the whoops. KTM's had a couple of years of struggles. They made some changes to that frame. It sounds like it got too rigid, and guys couldn't get it to handle the way they wanted. Um, I don't know all the particulars, but I can tell you that it was happening across the board with the KTM group. It looks like they've got it figured out. Cooper was awesome. Yes. And I saw him. Did you catch the start? He locked bars with somebody and was I, I thought oh, he's done. Yeah. I said he's done. Ma I think it was uh, Malcolm. Yeah, maybe. And I I didn't even watch him after that. I went, oh shoot, Coop's done. He got you know kind of knocked off the start. He's gonna be way back. And the next thing I know, he's top five, top four. Top. I'm like, look at him go. Right. It's the old Cooper, just sneaky catching guys right at the end. Pretty much invisible. All of a sudden, yeah. Where did he come from? And that, like he was in the past. So I I always felt that Cooper would. I've always admired him because he was just such a bulldog and such a small guy, and him and, um, you know, had some massive dices in the lights class. But then he got really confident and he started hurting himself, you know, when, when he's on the on the Yamaha stuff. Then he was really uncomfortable on the Yamaha on the 450. Then when he got on the KTM, I think it really suited him, this, the steel frame, a little more flex, working with Ian, working with Roger, working with, with all that whole crew. But... We, he lost something. And there, I think there's a point when you become a champion, you kind of feel like you've arrived. Well, you haven't arrived. You just, you're there for a moment. Yeah. It doesn't, you, when you get to the heel top, you know, there's, you know, unless you get to Mount Everest. It's all Mount Everest. There's going to be more hills and there's a lot of valleys in between. And I think emotionally with him just getting his ass whooped was hard on him. Mm -hmm. And then the bite, because when, you, when, you're, when you're riding good, Everything works. When you're feeling right and everything's happy, you think put you on a bull stock bike and you're gonna blitz, whoops, you're gonna do everything right. But when you're off, man, it's just is is it the forks, is it the tire, is it this, is that? And I think we saw him do a do a dip. But him last night, very impressive and pushed the whole race. There wasn't a wasn't a taper. We saw him, I think at one point he looked a little bit skinny, a little thin, looks like he was running out of gas at the end of the moto. Last night he was charging all the way to the finish line. So expect to see Cooper win some motos this year for sure. Yeah, listen, Coop, you are not washed up. Uh, that was inspired, and I'm, I'm, I think everybody needs to keep an eye on what he does. Uh, getting to third, Chase Sexton, I think it was a solid night for him. He definitely had the win in his grasp, and he just didn't have an answer for Eli. And and you sort of made a comment to me that you thought maybe he got ahead of himself, thinking, all right, I got this, just roll it in. He wasn't anticipating the freight train that was coming. Well. When you when you've been dicing back and forth with with Eli Tomac and you you're matching him speed for speed and all that stuff and Chase was faster than him in the heat race not in the heat race but in the in qualifying and stuff like that he felt that he was right so when you see somebody down and you pass them you get a sense of like like it's not an adrenaline dump it's kind of like an adrenaline relief and now now you you're off your edge a little bit and so what I used to say to the riders and I do it I did it I, everyone does it, it's called counting your money you know I was. I'd be literally thinking about, man, if I win this, I'm going to get X from Honda, the X from clothing, X from helmet, goggles, blah, 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 all this different stuff. What am I going to say on the podium? This, that, next thing, boom, you're on the ground. I'm like, yeah. shit, I was thinking about four laps from now. And so, and the same thing I told you when I was racing in Baja, I have to think about the next rock, the next rock, the next turn. And next thing you know, 800 miles has gone by, or in my case this year, 450. 
but you have to focus on that. And I think that once he saw him down, he just kind of got complacent. Then all of a sudden you try to build your adrenaline back up. So you have that adrenaline dump. Now all of a sudden try to get that going again. It's really hard. He started making a couple mistakes and the crowd's going, Rah! and when the, the crowd, when someone's chasing you and the crowd's going nuts, that's unnerving. When you're chasing somebody, you feel like they're all against me, <laughs> exactly. right? And they're just wanting a good race. They're not probably not particularly for or against anybody, but they're cheering Eli on and it feels like, uh oh, they're all yelling for him. They want me to lose. It. They all see they all see something that I don't. And so I feel that that he just needs to work on his tenacity and because he's got the speed, he's got the strength. I just think that he needs to just not have a break in his game and just just push a solid result twenty laps anymore, but whatever it is, you know. I'm going to say 20 minutes plus one. Yeah, I'm going to say you got to just push 20 laps, get it done. Well, and you know, this kid is unfortunately going up against a guy who is just at his peak, right? And so he's going to have to just learn as much as he can. Um, I think it was good that he stayed off the ground. We've seen him in last year make some huge mistakes and crashes that could have been season enders. So at least he didn't do that. I think he's off to a good start. Third's fine, right? Yeah. I don't think this is any kind of. panic for him like oh we got to reinvent the wheel but just once again we don't know how he came right the track True. was he going you know what my setup I, I went the wrong way on the tire i went the wrong way um i held my breath i did this i did that it's the first round yeah i mean a lot can happen and the, the thing is is chase sex is one of the only human beings in the world that has beat eli tomac Head to head, yeah, uh, fair and square. Yeah. I beat you. You know they beat each other back and forth. So he has to remember that 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 Eli is beatable. And so right. you just got to find that. Going to be a fun series to watch between those two and throw Cooper Webb into the, that mix now. Uh, going to fourth, a huge huge improvement. I was really a question mark on Dylan Ferrandis. Supercross did not go his way last year. He did not find a setting. He was not comfortable on that bike. We know he can ride a 450. He's a 450 national champion. But with this new bike, there was already talk that he was looking really good. He was really comfortable with it right away. And, man, it showed last night. Not a good start, which is kind of his MO, too. Um, but he rode awesome. And he was coming at the end. Uh, this kid gets a start. He's going to be in the mix. Well, and, and I was talking with uh, Jimmy Button about him, see him and how the uh, Dylan's routine and word, uh, donations, how fast he was. I mean, he was the fastest guy on the track mm-hmm. by far. And, but... You know things happen, and you know he got the got the wheels hit, foot stuck in the wheel and all that stuff. But once again, he has to have that that feeling of okay, I'm not snake bitten, I'm not cursed, I I can do this. And for him to you know, once again work his way back up and get fourth is great. Like I said, that's all I went after I started giving myself a little bit of grace going to Anaheim. I said just walk away with the fifth place and then assess what I have because it didn't matter how much I I trained and tested and everything i always up my suspension settings probably by five to ten percent stiffen it yeah because because yeah. now i'm now i have to go you know because that your test tracks you're timing everything and you're you, you know when to slow down and you, you, in a race you're pinning it and you're yeah. just running into stuff so so after i left there this week is important but we're going into a letter we'll talk about that in a little yep. bit but i i think he's gonna be another guy that's gonna win races for sure yeah, I agree. I'm I'm really excited to see the progress he can make. Last night was a great indicator for him. Uh, fifth place, Ken Roxon. Um, you know, with Ken, he started off really fast. I thought, ooh, he's going to compete for this win. Seemed like he got flustered and some guys went by him. He kind of went back and forth. I think a good showing for him, especially on a bike that he's got very little time on. Um, but we will see. For me, I want to see him do this for 18 rounds or 17 rounds or however many rounds we're doing here in this new championship. 
that's going to be the question because he always gets about five, six in and ever since his arm injury and he just starts tapering off, um, whatever that is. So for me, I'm going to watch him and see if he can be consistent throughout this year. But this is one of the most talented guys on the track at any given time, technically dialed at any given time. Uh, what was your take on Ken's ride? Well, on the pre-show that I did with Racer X, I said that this course played into his style, the timing. When when, when it's a timing course, I mean, he butters it. Man, shoo, 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 scrubs good, stays low, does everything. Now went a little bit gritty, meaning the ruts and the timing and, and you're adjusting your lines and stuff like that. So it didn't play into his, if you notice, the beginning of the moto, it did because it wasn't ruddy and wasn't, he could ride his style. But then when he had to, to mix it up, it's, it sort of fell apart. The good news, I think, for Ken Roxon is that now he's not leaving with the pressure of losing the championship. I think he, he when he starts, he starts so strong, but then when he gets tipped off, once he, like say, say loses the, 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 the crown or the, the top spot, I think emotionally it really, really dings his, his ego. Um, I think here he had a good point. It could come, he could come in and ride. It's a new bike. It's this that. I don't have any expectations. So fifth place, is I think, is phenomenal for Ken Roxon. And I, I want to mention Colt Nichols in sixth. For me, I was really impressed. I had no idea where to put him. Yeah. Um, being a, a rookie in the 450 class, being on a brand new bike, uh, as a kind of a fill-in ride at Supercross only. So he's really in a pressure spot where he needs to put some results in if he wants to continue to get rides. And, man, I thought he greased it. Whole shot at the main event and solid sixth place. Well, and, and that, you don't know how a guy's going to do it. Colt's a little bit bigger. You know what I mean? So I think the 450 is going to suit his style. And uh, we'll talk about some of the guys that, that are bigger in just a moment. But I think he, he's comfortable with the throttle, with the horsepower, and he's got the strength to hold himself on because we've seen a lot of guys. Uh, I know you used Blake Bag as, as who was just an animal on Light's bike because you're pinning it and it's not throwing you off the back, throwing you off the back. So when I when I was working with him, I said, "How much you know? How much are you doing for rows?" He's like, "I don't. I do. I do. You know, push ups and this and that." I'm like. Well, every the 450 is ripping handle. You got to be pulling. You have to. You have to have that sh- that core strength, that muscle strength, the shoulder strength, and that made the difference. So to get back to Colt, I think he's got the body type and he's got the strength and he's got the throttle response to be very effective on a 450. Well, I'm excited for how he started it out. Uh, we'll keep an eye on him throughout the year. Jason Anderson, this had to be a disappointment for him in seventh. At a at a point, I thought he was going to the front to win this. Um, got up into a good podium spot and washed out just. Just low-sided, something else you and I were talking about earlier. Um, but a seventh is not the end of a season, but, man, he's got to be frustrated. This is kind of what he kept doing last year. Right. Little mistakes that would cost him, and at the end of the day, allowed Eli to get away with the championship. Um, he's got to clean that up. I don't know what you say to a guy like that. Who well, clearly has the speed and ability. How do you say, hey, quit making mistakes? Well, when when I worked with Jason as a kid, you know, he was – I was uh, – a Suzuki riding coach, and I had to work with him, and I went to the Loretta Liz with him, and he was so much faster than everybody. I mean, he was just, the kid's commitment, I mean, he would come in after testing, bleeding, he's just like, like, you want to stop? He's like, no. I mean, just his toughness and his tenacity and his ability to go fast was just, blew my mind. But I still would tell him, you know, you're not going to get a whole shot. You're too big on an 80. So let's put you in a spot where you can survive the first turn, and now don't try to pass everybody in one lap. Know that you have four laps, five laps, whatever that number is, and pass accordingly. Pass two guys a lap, get in the front, win by eight seconds. Don't try to pass everybody. Yeah. You know, take chances and go all these different places. So if I feel like Jason Anderson just throttles back just a hair, 
works a little bit smoother on the on the roll, the 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 smoother throttle technique and stuff like that, because nobody drops the hammer as hard as him, and nobody is willing to commit as hard as him. Yeah. But when you drop the hammer and you commit that hard, shit happens. It's a fine line. Yeah, and you and it's like I missed it by that much. I tipped a tough block or whatever. Get your eyes a little bit further ahead, Jason. Smooth that out a little bit. We know you're as fast as anybody out there. He's another guy that has beat Eli Tomac straight up. Yeah. Actually, more times than anyone else last year. Yep. He's a monster. So smooth it out a little bit, Jason. You're going you're gonna to win. Yeah. I, I don't think that's indicative of him the rest of his year, but definitely not an awesome star for him. Nope. Uh, you and I both said awesome job for Aaron Plessinger. He rode great. Yep. I stoked to see that. Um, Adam Cianciarello in ninth. Uh, did you see the start? He got the speed wobbles like I've never seen yeah. anybody. I mean, literally, it was just doing this. Like, uh, it was crazy. I, I didn't know if he was going to crash. He just gathered it up and got the brakes before he hit somebody. Um, ninth, it's okay. I'm just happy to see Adam back racing. He's, again, another guy who's just had injury after injury, and you start to go, man, I just want to see him healthy and apply, you know, his talent. I mean, it broke my heart when I listened to him say, I just can't go. I can't have them put me to sleep again. I've had so many surgeries that he was afraid of going to sleep. Like, in, I'm not saying in a sense that he's, ah, you know, screaming and crying like a baby, but to, to be put under that many times and be hurt that many times, it's just the fact that he's out there. And I think this is great for him to finish to finish a race clean. Yeah. Because we the guy, the kid has been an unbelievable phenom since he was a tiny little guy. Yeah. You know, now he's this big, tall, lurchy dude. And, but he's he makes it work, and so I think I think at the end of the day, yes, he is disappointed, but I think he has something to be proud of. That once again, he's not he's he didn't go home on a stretcher. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm I'm stoked that he like I said he's back. Let's start building. Let's let's you know take it from there. I will say there's a there's a side to coming back from injury that none of us talk about. That's the mental side. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, physically you've got to go rehab whatever the injury is. You know from the surgery and then strength and flexibility and get all that back but there's also a psychological side huge and that's cumulative right like everyone that you have they stack on top of each other and if you don't deal with that and manage that that becomes the issue it's not even the shoulder the hand or the wrist it's like upstairs um i'm going to give a shameless plug here to elevate uh, elevate action sports our new training app we've got a sports psychologist lorraine huber that works with us there and has a channel that talks about this she's a former world champion free skier and and talks about the mental side of coming back from injury. And I think that, that for Adam, that's something he should work on. And I think he has been. Uh, he took a trip to Central America to, to work on it, and uh, I think he has been, but it's 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 real. Lots of, no, no, we Just the way you said it, and I have a good idea what he did and, and, and chased the mojo out of him. But, hey, great. I this it's, is, it's, it's real, right? I mean, that's a real – the psychological part is huge, and especially when it's how many has he had now. So when you have these these career possibly career ending injuries, so for myself, I, and I don't want to try to turn back to me, but I, I have to reference what I know. Um, in 1983, I dislocated my hip, and they told me I was done. You know, Dick, you're never racing again. We're going to put a fake hip in you, blah blah blah. And I came back, and I was scared to death to put my foot down. And so we're at the Rose Bowl. David Bailey's going to win the Supercross Championship. Um, I'm out there riding and just not feeling comfortable. Well. Back then, there was rocks and stuff in the dirt. wasn't dirt wasn't that great. I came over the finish line, you know, little tabletop, hit a rock, boom, and I went down, face to the ground, you know, wearing a open face, right? open face, yeah. with the rib my mask, the the the, the ride with the air scoop, it peeled my head, and David just clobbered me, like ran 
up my ass. I was just bleeding all over the place. And I got up and my, my goggles are all sideways and stuff. And I'm like, I'm seeing blood. I'm, I'm feeling blood. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not injured. Yeah, I've hurt and I'm scratched up. Yeah. I'm not made of glass. Yeah. And so so these are the things that analysts real Cicerello need to, to realize that they're not made of glass. Yeah, you're going to get injuries. And yeah, I had an injury that ended my career. But true when you come back. Got to start to believe you, you can get through it. And then the next weekend I won the Washington National. And so it's it's those kind of, sometimes you got to take a beating yeah. <laughs> and, and survive the beating. AC has taken it and uh, just I just got my fingers crossed that he can get through this season and, and keep building. Joey Savacci in 10th, a great ride for him, yes. real low-key. This is a guy basically buying bikes, um, doing his own thing, and so he's doing the right things to find himself back on a team where he belongs. Uh, Barsha in 11th, he led early, a couple mistakes there. I think he threw away a top-five finish. He had the speed for it. Uh, Muskan, who was the fastest qualifier, kind of fell off. I didn't see what happened to Marv. Like I said, I was watching everything up front. Yep. Uh, another guy who I, I have really high hopes for is Christian Craig. He was 13th. Sounds like something went sideways in the whoops. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. But he made a comment on social media about trying to jump through the whoops, and it it, it bit him. So um, I, I think you'll see a lot better things out of Christian Craig. And um, I think I think he's got potential to be up front and be on the box. I I, I, I see that, and if things work out right, it, it's not a gimme, but he has opportunities to win. Yeah. He's got that kind of speed. I agree. If he gets if he gets the whole shot and there's a little bit of a mix-up and it takes these guys a little time to get going, he can bridge the gap. And, and he doesn't crumble. He doesn't, like, get out in front and freak out. Yeah. You know, it, it will be a little bit to win your first Supercross, but he's done it. He's, yeah. he's, he's, been, out, he's been out there with the 450 guys, and so I, I see him winning a race this year. I, I agree with you. And uh, the, as good as he was last year on that 250, there's no way that doesn't translate. He knows how to ride a 450. It'll, he'll get there. Couple other things I want to talk about. We're running long on time here. Justin and Josh Hill both made the main event uh, for the Team Tetter group. I thought that was cool. Absolutely. Uh, just to see the brothers in there. They they were fifteenth uh, and seventeenth respectively. And then I got to talk about Malcolm Stewart. Um, man, the crowd was going bananas. He was fast all night. Yeah. Uh, got into the lead in that main event, and I thought, here it is. Like this is his opportunity. And uh, Sexton ran him down, and and then uh, the crash, which. Right out of that rutted turn, he went on and it went to go off, and he didn't go off. I mean, uh, it looked like a neutral to me. It, it, it dropped so fast. I, I said he hit neutral for sure because it goes, whoop, and it just, it just drops and down he goes. And luckily it didn't pile drive him and, and take him out for the season. That that was a that could have been a bad, bad deal. That was dirty. Uh, I'm glad he's okay. He did get up and keep riding around. I hope he didn't hit his head. I know the, the Alpine Stars guys were checking him out. Grabbing a hold of him. Oh, he was he was he was swapping a little bit. So, but that could be just. I mean, he hit the deck pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm no judgment. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I hope he's I hope he's okay. I hope it's nothing major. He was riding awesome all night. So uh, let's keep an eye on Malcolm. Uh, thoughts and prayers that he's going to be okay. Maybe it's just some bruises. Uh, Pierce Brown was another guy, the TLD rider, looking great all day. Uh, had a big crash there in his heat race. He's okay. Nothing broken. Just banged up and bruised. But um, there were some definitely some. Highlight real moments from A1. There was, but at the end of the day, I haven't heard one negative. Everyone no. loved the track. Everybody loved the, the how how well dirt works. You know, did everything. Um, the riders came back. They had fights. We, I mean, there, there's so much excitement. Oh. As always, coming out of Anaheim and him, minimal. We we have some injuries, but minimal injuries. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. 
I appreciate it. Um, we love having your feedback, so come back and see us again. Folks, that's Riders Meeting. Stay tuned. We'll have Sight Lab coming out to you Wednesday. Looking ahead to the Oakland Supercross. We'll see you.